I look at the world visually, but at the same time I hear it. It's a sort of a synesthesia, but it's not. What I've moved more in towards looking at is, is sound as an art form. I wanted to develop my skills in more experimental and creative radio production. What better way to do it than go to somebody that makes art with sound and somebody who's creative production skills I admired. I see sound. I think that's about the best way to describe it. I suppose that's why I say that I create like art more than music. It can be quite overwhelming at times. You're the sort of person that's sort of got bits of information out of me that I would never have said to anybody else or I don't really discuss. Take that on and make something and sort of learn in that way. This is Arty Party. My name's Jay Sykes and welcome to our party. We share the work of artists and creatives living and working in the Northeast. Whether grassroots, emerging or established, everyone's invited. And together we chat projects and passions, events and exhibitions, artistic practice and advice. Today, if you are able to listen on headphones or stereo speakers, you are in for an absolute treat. I work as a freelance audio producer. That's my world, that's my day-to-day, my night of, well, my 7 to 11 or so. So it's always a pleasure for me to lead an episode with audio in focus. And I'm really looking forward to today's conversations. Our two guests joining us live in the studio are both united by audio and specifically by an audio documentary. The subject of that documentary, who's sharing about her process and inspirations. She uses found sound and field recordings, mixing those into beautiful, complex patterns. Please welcome to Arty Party, Odette Johnson. Good morning, Jay. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. I don't know why I'm waving. <laughs> this is a weird thing. But anyway, not to, I'm waving to everybody. There you go. And because this is such an audiophonic experience, you can see her waving too. Oh, (laughs) it's the sound waves. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so thrilled to have you here. Thank you. We first met at one of the solo arts gatherings in Cockrex. Yes, Yes, we did. And then I was like, I must, 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 must feature this woman's work. Yes, you kept asking me thousands of questions like you do. And I was bombarded by the Jay Sykes. Yes, from that meeting, we have moved on new ventures and, and things for both of us. So, yeah, you've done so great. much over the past year. Yes, I, 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 I finally took the step of creating a Facebook page finally for Museum yesterday. I thought oh, I'll put a few things up and then I didn't realise how much I've actually just done just this year. So, yeah, I think perhaps I better take a little bit of a relax <laughs> for the rest of the year. Sounds like a really good plan to me. Mm. Our other guest today is the maker of the documentary that Odette Johnson features in as Museelian. He's recently graduated from the University of Sunderland with a distinction in his Masters in Radio and he's finding his feet as an audio producer in his uh, home of Fife in Scotland. Live on Arty Party, meet Lewis Harrower. Hello, that's me. Hi. Lewis, it's so lovely to see you. I've missed you being around the Media Hub. I've missed being in the studio and around the university and the whole place in general. Has it been a busy year for you as well? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? Like, the Masters is incredibly busy and much more busy than I ever expected it to be. Um, I don't know why I didn't expect a Masters to be, like, <laughs> full on, but it was. <laughs> so I feel like for the last month it's just been nothing, which is weird. And it was a project that you made for your Masters that unites the two of you together with this audio documentary. Yes. 
So please, I'd love to hear more about how the documentary came about. I've always been sort of more interested in creative audio kind of things. Last year, during the summer, you invited both me and Odette here to sort of sound cinema mm. kind of thing. Call um, it the audio cinema. Audio cinema, not a sound cinema. Well, I um, mean, sound cinema works. <laughs> it's got a better alliteration, hasn't it? <laughs> and that was where I first heard of you and your work and you sort of presenting it with your artwork on screen as well. And I was just like, wow, that's amazing. I would love to, like do something involving that somewhere like even if I just like used your music in something or your art in something and then the masters came along and it's like okay so go and create a like 14 minute piece of audio and I'm like I would really like to do something about the creative process behind the work and about the person behind it as well and that's sort of where I started. Sort of originally, it was going to be like a more formal documentary kind of thing, but with creative bits in it. And then as it sort of progressed, it sort of became my recreation of your audio work in documentary form. Mm-hmm. And yeah. your work at at the mm-hmm. heart of this. I mean, yes. Lewis alluded to it. It's not just in audio production. It also accompanies uh, visuals as well. Uh, Yes, it's the sound, it's the visuals, it's photography. Much of my visual work is based on my own photography. I also do watercolours and things. So it's, it's the whole thing on a subject that I might be interested in. Whatever I decide to sort of takes my fancy, to be honest. It can be anything, as you well know, literally anything. So it can be things I see, things I read about. (laughs) It's very varied. But at the heart of it are these recordings. Well, the recordings could be of anything, as you say. They are, and sometimes they're not beautiful because they are in a certain format or they're very scratchy or they're very low quality. It's trying to see the beauty for me in that sound and what I can do with it. So, you know, you might have something like, I don't know, sandpaper, for example. Some people might think that's a very ugly sound. But then for me, I could hear wasps. It, you know, eventually that sort of made, I made that the basis of of nest about, about wasps. So that is the basis of those sounds in that, combined with other things like that I've done for years, like electronic music and electronic processes. So the whole thing goes together and then I create the artwork that goes with it. They go together hand in hand, really. We've got Nest here, actually. Ooh. I'm going to just subtly start it playing mm-hmm. as we chat. So, Lewis, you'll be able to hear this because you're wearing yeah. headphones. Yes. Adet, you won't be able to hear this. That's fine. <laughs> but we can hear now. So... The sound of sandpaper. Mm. I don't hear sandpaper. (laughs) I hear wasps. (laughs) Great. Yeah. So that's like real sound, if you like. A real sound of wasps um, flying about because they made a nest outside my bedroom window through the summer. And that's what instigated this idea. And then... um, There's some other sounds coming in now. Very electronic-y, sort of computer-y. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can hear that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. The idea is that the wasp is flying into the nest. 
and it goes around this very very complex nest that's been created out of wood pulp that they make so the the sandpaper the sounds of the mandibles and the creeping around and the conversations that's all sandpaper that I've sort of messed about with if you like in all sorts of ways the easiest way to describe it is to explain it is that if if people might get get it more if I say if you think of an artist and they have an easel and they have their canvas and that's what you eventually want to create a painting and you want to create the painting of a wasp okay but you have the colors so you choose your colors that's the sound bits that I have. And then you take the sounds and you mix them up. And so blue and yellow will make green. And if you add the white, white noise or pink noise or green noise or change frequencies or anything like that, or add weird effects to things, you can actually do so much with a one tiny bit of sound file. And that inevitably is what I do. I paint with sound. That's how I see it more and more. Um, yeah, so. <laughs> oh, it was wonderful. I mean, I've heard that a few times now, but listening to you <laughs> share about it. <laughs> I love the analogy of painting with mm. colours, but, but in the way that you're exploring sound, it's like you're using different paints, mm-hmm. but the paints are made not of, of colour, not of material. Well, they're made of digital it is it's digital sound waves it's it's digital information obviously it, it is through the years i've sort of developed a weird knack of listening to things like extractor fans and you know nina nina like we all do with with you know you hear from sirens mm-hmm. and the nina nina for sirens ends up in my mind as being a screaming banshee which is something that I've created, which hopefully will be out at some time. So it's looking at the world. I, I look at it visually. I mean, this is what we talked about, wasn't it? We could have talked for ages when you did your piece yeah. because I look at the world visually, but at the same time I hear it. I can hear things. It's a sort of a synesthesia, but it's not. It's a strange sort of combination where I can see something and it moves me and I think... Oh, I really want to write something about that. And then I might walk down the road and hear something clang, bang, whatever, and out comes the sound recorder, and I'll try and record it as quickly as possible. Or I use a lot of free sounds that are out there, or other people's sounds. I ask them, oh, you've recorded such and such. Do you think I can use that? And people are very, very generous. Um, And they'll go, yeah, sure, fine. Not really realising what I might do to it at the end or what it might turn out like. But eventually I create these pictures and that's what they are to me. It's like it is like being an artist. It is an artist in sound. Yeah, and hopefully people listen to what I've created and will go, oh, yeah, that does sound like a wasp. I mean, hopefully, you know, it does sound like the idea of what it is. Yeah. For me as well, like when I'm sort of listening to uh, the pieces you've made as well you can sort of hear the picture being created in your mind as well as it goes along it sort of develops and you're sort of like okay that's that and that's that and you can sort of it's like if like you go on youtube and you can watch like an artist paint and it's like sped up kind of thing that's sort of what i'm picturing in my mind with the thing sort of going that's brilliant it's also brilliant though for me as well if for example people have come up to me in the past and they've said you know i've written a piece and it might have been about global warming for example and somebody said to me, 
oh, that piece really moved me. But I didn't see that. I saw, and it was something completely different. And I think, fine, that is great. I might think what it might be. In my idea, it's going to be whatever it is. But if you imagine it to be something completely different, then at least you're taking something from that piece of art rather than just sort of leaving it and discarding it and things. At least you've gained something from it. And I think sound can really do that. It's not explored enough, in my view, as as an art, as a piece of art in itself. You know, you hear the radio, you get lots of music, you you know, you listen to all sorts of... dare I say podcasts and or whatever it might be. We're surrounded by sound, but we don't really see it as an art form. And that for me is what I've moved more in towards looking at is, is sound as an art form and what you can do, that you can put a painting on a wall. And for me, you can also put a piece of sound art or a sound picture on the wall. That's eventually what I would like to do is to have my pieces in some format in a gallery where you can go and see my artwork and also hear the artwork because they're so integral to each other. That would be really, (laughs) really great. I've actually seen recently like in a museum, they have a display and it's like a picture of like a person and you can go up to the stand and there's two, like a headphone on each side of it, one for one person, one for the other and it's like magnetically stuck to it and you can take it off and it'll immediately start playing whatever you want to play. I think that would be like a really nice sort of thing to have. It it is. There's an amazing amount of technology out there that enables Mm. you to do that, which maybe somebody might help me with one day or I might move towards. But that would be fantastic. Mm. You know, that would be the idea is to have a show where I could actually put this out there as art. So that would be a big move for me anyway. I definitely hope that's in your in your future, Adele. Mm. There was someone on Artie Party two weeks ago called Laura Jones, and she again does art and sound, sound and art. Her work is currently on exhibition in the National Glass Centre as part oh. of the MA show. Mm. She did MA Glass and Ceramics. So she made glass sound waves that are 3D cut so that they are in the form and the shape of the sound that she's recorded. Wow. And you can hold them. So wow. she invites people to put them in her hands. Gosh, that's 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 fantastic. Because that's like, that's sort of linked to sort of how I do things where I sort of look at things. I mean, one of the things I've created was pictures, which is, I, I do a lot of things based on bits of art I see. And I haven't seen the MA show at the moment, so it's on my list. So you've beaten me to it and everything. But I'll definitely keep an eye out for that one. But in the glass centre, you know, a lot of the glass work is very... You do want to touch it, even though you can't and everything. For me, I do. Because if I could touch it, I could hear it a bit better. It's a weird thing, but, that I, you know, if you've touched something, I can actually hear it. So, again, coming back to the sandpaper, all that, that sound wave there that you were talking about, you can actually hear... I can hear that sort of... all that texture that's on there, and you sort of know what sandpaper sounds like, but, you know, what it could actually be created into. And I suppose, looking at glass, I love the glass centre because I go to a lot of the exhibitions because I take photographs and a lot of it becomes inspiration. So, like pictures, for example, there was a piece there where there were these glass... To me, they looked like glass pitcher plants. They were pitchers and they were clear and they were hanging from the ceiling and they were filled with water, and I could hear these five pitcher plants trying to entice these little insects into them and everything and then I created pictures which is about eight minutes long where 
these weird and wonderful glass pitcher plants are in this strange jungle and I have all these insects and who wins in the end, you know, basically, using hydrophones. So I use sounds from hydrophones, you know, recording water and making this picture that I imagine, this imaginary world, you know. This is the world I live in, folks, where it's completely imaginary <laughs> and in sound. Yes. Mm. <laughs> I love it as well. And I love hearing the sort of behind the scenes as well of like how you create, like listen to some of your other stuff. And I'm like, oh, I don't know how that one was made. And I'm like... I wish he's released like a maybe two or three minute thing just after it, just being like, oh, this is the inspiration for this one. I was like, oh, okay, I didn't see that coming. That would be maybe kind of... But again, maybe if you listen to it first, you get your own thoughts and things about where it could come from, Mm. which is sort of the creative sort of artistic side. But at the same time, I get you might not want to be like, oh, this is where I got it from. Then that might change their view on it, I guess. I think you need to keep a little bit of secrecy. Do you know what I mean? A, a bit of a bit of sort of magic about what you do in a way. You know that a painter will use paint of some nature, a medium, or a sculptor will use some medium. But to know everything in that of how they created something might somehow break that illusion of being an artist. Because it's a weird world that you live in when you're an artist. There is an illusion of sort of, you know, if you say to people, oh, they say, oh, what do you do? And you go, well, well I'm, I'm an artist. And they go, oh, what? An artist. Oh, and then they go, oh, oh OK. And they move away quite quickly because they're not sure how to deal with that. And if you say you deal with sound as a piece of art, oh, dear, that's like. So there's there's an element that's great in that and an element that's not great in that. So I suppose your idea is. I like that, but there's a part of me thinks, yeah, that would spoil some of it. Because if I created a piece that was about, I don't know, apples in a bowl, say, <laughs> right? You might hear something completely different and think that it was some sort of octopus at the bottom of a sea, or I don't know. I, I don't know, as a producer of sound pieces yourself, I don't know how you feel about that, giving it all the game away sort of thing. Because I'm <laughs> very much involved in like the creating side of things, I like to know how things are made so mm. I can like draw inspiration from that. And that, I guess that's partly why I did the documentary feature on you as well, because I wanted to do something a bit more creative. I hadn't done something more experimental up to that point. And I sort of seen your work as really sort of experimental and really creative. And I was like, I wanted to draw on that and sort of be inspired by that and use that sort of advance myself in a way. (laughs) You have put such a heavy burden on me there, I can say. (laughs) But we all learn from each other, though, as as artists, as producers. And just this meeting of of both of you at the audio cinema events, when you're like, I must work with the debt and Mm -hmm. find out more about Musili, but behind the scenes, what was it like working with the debt, creating this, this piece that we're about to hear? Oh, it was it was really, really amazing. Like I brought you in twice mm. to talk. I think maybe like the first one was like an hour and the second one was an hour and a half. And it could have gone on for it could have gone for, on for so hours. much longer, but time didn't allow and I needed to make it fourteen minutes and I didn't want to go through thirty hours of stuff just for that. <laughs> but it was really interesting to hear your process and then to try and find the right bits of that to get across what you do. But I feel like some of the stuff I'm like oh, that bit's just for me. I just want to know that. I don't think anybody else would, but I'm really interested in that one piece. Mm -hmm. So it was about getting the right balance of questions as well. I really wanted to, actually, when I was making it, I really wanted to come along with you and, like, watch you make a piece. Mm -hmm. But it just, I don't think that was possible at the time. 
because I was really interested just to actually see it happening. It's extremely minimalist. (laughs) It's you and a computer. It's me and a computer, basically, (laughs) yes, yes. But then it takes, I mean, so many, so many hours manipulating these in the same way that cutting down those, I mean, you you had two and a half hours, but still, like, cutting that down and working it with the Mm. 14-minute structure that you had, Mm. both of these things take time. Mm-hmm. And they need, I mean, for, for the artistic quality, I mean, you really could, you could just sit, like you could do what we're doing. We're just sitting in a room, we're recording it. But then yours takes so many hours of editing and decisions and storytelling and manipulation. It's incredible. Mm. A certain piece that I did recently took me over 80 hours to do. Over 80 hours. Over 80 hours, Whoever, you whoever made you do that must I be the I don't worst. know who he might have been, Jay. Um... <laughs> It was my fault, really, because I got really into it as well. Um, I could have just, I should have just made 10 seconds worth and it probably would have taken me a week to do or something like that because you have to source everything Mm -hmm. and then they're all at different formats. So formats for people out there are, it's the difference between watercolour paint and oil paint and acrylics, etc., isn't it? Some people use MP3s at different format levels as well. <laughs> yeah. no. Oh, yes. Oh, and then there's people who use AIFs, and then they use waves. And I had to get the sounds, and then you have to then sort of make them equal in some respects and get the sound quality up. And some are recorded on their iPhone in the middle of the desert somewhere, and somebody else has recorded it with a super-duper top range, whatever it might be, with a boom and all that. You see them with the sound recorders and things. And uh, you have to sort of get some parity, and then you have to sort of then create something out of it. You know, think about the subject, think about what you're trying to do, and then it's all the process and editing for me. I don't know about you, most people say, I like the creation bit, but then the editing part is, that's really hard because one change you make on one thing alters everything else, doesn't it? It can do, yeah. It's it's really, really difficult. Like The actual cutting down the voices is the bit that I find the hardest part. And then it goes into the bit that I love after that, which is the actual creative process. Mm. I go back through it and mm. sort of figure out, right, how do I make this sound more like what you do? And that was really hard to yes. but really interesting. Yes. I, I sort of work sort of similar but backwards to you. <laughs> so I will I will be cutting as I go and then layering from beginning to end almost chronologically. Mm-hmm. And I do it that way rather than cutting and then throwing it together. Right. So I love we all have different processes yeah. of making <laughs> documentary features, but I remember watching one person and they were doing a different voice or a different sound effect on each channel. And I understand the reasons why, because you'll apply effects maybe to that one channel. But then it was going down and down and down and they weren't going back up. So it was like 50 layers. And I'm like, just move it. (laughs) But it just became the staircase. Sorry, this is really technical, but the staircase in the editing system. (laughs) Oh, dear. I think it's bad enough if I'm dealing with about 12 tracks and 12 actual lines of bits of information, if you like, Mm -hmm. or 12 colours. Uh-huh. And they all mix together, and hopefully in the overall picture. I mean, I have got some that are much more complicated than that. Mm-hmm. Some which have 24 sounds in them that come in, out, in. 
So it's like this maze and you can get really lost, can't you, in oh, it? Yeah. I lose pieces of audio if I go past like 12 <laughs> tracks. I'm like, oh, I just start hearing things over things. I'm like, oh, where is that one? And then you do an export. So you make yeah. the file a thing and then you're like, where does that voice come from? <laughs> oh, it's down there. Yes. Oh, that's the worst <laughs> bit, isn't it? When you think, yes, I think I've got a nice balance here. I've got a nice balance between the blues and the greens and the yellows. You know? And then something, there's a Blooming red comes at you and you think, where did that come from? You know, it's some booming voice that you thought you had right the way down. And you think, oh, no. So you have to go back again and then redo it, rechange. Oh, it's it's a nightmare. far too often for me. (laughs) (laughs) So in bringing Odette Johnson's practice to life, we're about to dive into my sound world, as it's called. How many hours did this take? Oh, God. <laughs> um, many. 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 Many hours. I don't know a, a strict number, but many, many hours. And if you'd like to listen along and have any questions for either Lewis Harrower, the documentary producer, or for Adette Johnson, the sound artist known as Musilian, then uh, please do tweet us in. We are at Artie Party. That is at Artie with a Y, Party with an I. Why I? I see sound. I think that's about the best way to describe it. I suppose that's why I say that I create like art more than music. It can be quite overwhelming at times. There's, 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 I, I hear the field recordings as music. Um, disasters happen and life happens. And, you know, sometimes I really, really get annoyed about that. <laughs> it's a form of therapy and it's a form of distraction. They are more like pictures, sound pictures. It's music to me anyway. It is all me, Musilian. I'll hear something that's to everyone else will go, you know, they wouldn't even pay attention to it, like a dustbin, or I don't know, or a car door slam or something. And then I think, gosh, you know, if I do certain things to that, that can become become another world. world. And I can create a piece of art out of that. So that's, that's a sort of weird world that I inhabit sort of thing that I'm not a great lover of massive amount of sound but I live in sound all the time and you know I see sound I think that's about the best way to describe it and it's 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 quite a difficult concept to try and get across to people I think if you really deep listen and you really listen to something sound can be so visual it can it can tell you things and if you imagine that the sound of uh, the a, a door banging or and the, a drain or whatever it is is some mythical monster that to me is better that to me is great because that's what imagination's about and i think as we grow up as adults i think we you know we that's sort of compressed and and we're, we're not allowed to be like that whereas the world that i live in you can i can imagine what a vile raven looks like i can imagine that the lambton worm you know that to me is real i i just look at that and i see that the trail of the um the traffic at half past five coming down near pension monument is a huge worm is the lambton worm there is a little piece of sunderland in nearly everything that i've i've put out there and i also hear that i could hear it all so then i created a piece to to go with that but I imagined it to have a metal body for some reason, like metal cars, they were all gathered together, but some huge giant sort of um, cobra that was spitting. It had these huge headlight eyes and 
I could hear all of that and from this one sound that I recorded myself um, yeah I created Worm yeah it's amazing what you can do but that's other people looking like and say well it's just a line of traffic I mean to me sound and and uh, image are very integral to each other uh, one isn't without the other for me um, I mean even since I was a, a little girl, girl of the 70s not really encouraged very much wanted to do art wanted to do music wasn't really given a chance I suppose and then yeah frustrated musician probably never really got a chance to de develop the limited skills I think musically you know so I can read music I can't write it as such and I, I can just feel that there's something under there that there's something else living in, in that it's not synesthesia as such it's just looking at the world in a slightly offhand slightly different way rather than just using my eyes I also use my ears I think it was quite worrying for my parents, actually, <laughs> and very worrying for other people when you describe the world that you live in. So if you get a contact mic and you put it onto things, you can hear that, that hidden world that we can't hear. Um, I, I love doing that sort of thing. And Taking that sound and then sort of maybe creating something like a paint palette. So I suppose that's why I sort of think of myself increasingly as somebody who is like yeah, a, an artist that works with sound, but not a sound artist. artist, which is a different thing. So sometimes my starting point is to just take a tiny piece of the sound file that might look a bit interesting. That looks like it could be quite high frequency, so low frequency or whatever. And then I literally might take that little sample and then just mess with it, just play with it. Simple things, using a lot of things like EQing and, and trying to isolate sounds and making certain sounds bigger than others, if you like, sound-wise. And just playing around with reverbs. And, and it's the, the pitches, the timbre, the so I put the fever sound. I don't know how I do it. I think it's just years of practice, years of listening, years of being an electronic musician. And but that's what I do. I think it makes you work harder in some respects rather than getting software and then to do it for you. I suppose that's why I say that I create like art more than music. They are more like pictures, sound pictures. The, the, I, I hear the field recordings as music and I use them as music. Quite a lot of the time I'll process them so that they have a musical tonality about them for me and then I fit them and I also pitch them. I don't do anything in my mind very fancy. Um, that I was good at school, that was composition. It's something I always really, really enjoyed. And I've been playing the piano, uh, I mean it badly, <laughs> in my view, <laughs> since I was about three. And what I used to like to do was, and I've always liked to do, is to just tinkle around. Not play other people's music as such, but make up my own. I've always been one for making little tunes up and doing, like, you know, discordant on the piano and things like that when I was a kid. I used to like doing things like that. And I was very lucky that I had relatives who actually had pianos. Uh, a lot of them were out of tune, but that didn't matter because now that's probably a lot of what I do, you know, discordance and clashing and some people might call it modernist, but it's not really, you know, it's just having a bit of fun. I've, for nearly coming to 20 years next year, I've written under the moniker of Soundition, so I've created multi-layered 
big hardware you're using hardware etc um sound pieces um got a few albums etc out there and then about five years ago I, I was struck down with a bit of a strange nervous illness which um has meant that my playing um fluently can be quite bad and i was struggling i was struggling with pain i have um persistent pain syndrome as well yeah constant being in constant pain just having constant pain but it's it's pain yes, that's yes, yes, real pain, and I can feel it pain, but it doesn't pain, yes, actually yes, yes, nobody's pain, bashed pain. me on the head or anything or I don't have uh, a broken arm or anything like that. that I don't take anything it's for it and I have to adapt my life adapt to my life like a lot of so I think the connections between the brain and the nervous system are just left open really so you're just left with this I can't write something beautiful but I'll write something I really really want because pins I have such a compulsion to create things every day it's such a massive part of my life and has been for about 20 odd years too much overload if I get too much like if I go to a gig or something too much light it's a bit like epilepsy but I don't have epilepsy um, this has all happened in the last five years so I at first I, I just stopped everything I uh, didn't want to do anything at all and uh, became quite low with it I suppose and then I thought you know I, I really missed the thing that I loved I really missed the music and creating things and I missed the machines in some ways because I'd, people had always said that I'd made my machines and the sound of it quite warm and uh, you know they weren't cold and hard as some music can be so I I just had a rethink and then I thought well uh, I was I was sitting one day and I thought oh I'll have a go at just seeing what's on my computer for a change. And then I just changed the way I worked. So I started working with them. Um, I think what it was was um, George V, I think, opening the opening speech of the Tyne Bridge. And I thought, you know, I'm going to have a go at that. Um, and so in the end, what I did was I took out all the talking, all of him, basically humanity, and took all the tiny, tiny sounds of um, the scratches, the blips, the blops, the mistakes, and all those sort of things. And then I created this thing called Surface, where it was just about the surface of water, when you look at water and how it glints and changes. So I sort of created a piece that I, I thought related to that, that the way that I saw things, but it was quite low-key and low-level and that's really what started it I mean and then I just took off from there I've, I've just tried to sort of adapt if you like like a lot of people so that's really how it came about it's music to me anyway <laughs> there's a piece of, of art by Francis Bacon um, where he he did a painting of his lover but he was melting he was sitting on a chair, but he was melting. And I really, really could hear that. I could hear that melt, the way that went. And that really expresses some of the days that I feel. You know, like to sit here now, there's a low hum. I can hear a low hum. And there's a low level wave. It's a low level sort of sine wave. It's, it can get more like a saw wave and a very big saw wave. And so, Thinking like that, in those sort of terms, those sort of sound terms, that's how I express that. And I've got lots of pieces like that. People have said, well, what's it like to be you? You have an illness. This is how I, I sound. 
so I've done things like um, Synapse which is all about three pieces which is about trying to put sonically how I sound and how I feel if you were to record me <laughs> I think that piece was, was quite a bad day actually <laughs> when I think about it um, because it it does descend in I think from you know it starts off as this beautiful underlying um, I think it's probably a piece of um, Bach or something generally and it disintegrates and that's what it's like it's the best way to describe it it's like it's my day whereas other days you know I write about octopuses under the sea so it's okay you know <laughs> doesn't it's it's not my full world and I'm not the only one there are many many people out there who have um, hidden disabilities or conditions and if you were to meet them you would never ever know but for me it's um, it's not that I want anyone to feel sorry for me at all it's nothing to do with that and it's a form of distraction and it's a way of sort of you know trying to express if you like that you know if I was a painter I would probably throw loads of black paint on a wall or something and red paint or, or use certain colors and things and so as a sound person I just use sound to sort of express you know what it's like it's about encouraging other people out there to have a go uh, I mean with Musealian I've had to have the confidence in my own production and my own techniques and what I'm doing, faith in what I'm doing, and then think, okay, uh, nobody might listen to it or like it, but it's just something I have to do. Sometimes I, I can't express vocally. Sometimes I think, okay. And you might get it. I don't know what the future. Uh, keep writing, keep recording just really re you know continuing to listen to the world I think and record it and um, sort of create things with it better to create than not I think and it's a positive thing so no I, I could never imagine not unless some somebody turned around and said to me for grief you know please stop stop it's not worth it Musealian it is all me Welcome to my world. <laughs> it's weird and wonderful. <laughs> I think I might go mad one day, actually. <laughs> Sometimes I think that, but never mind. <laughs> I think I am anyway. <laughs> <laughs> my Sound World, a piece created by Lewis Harrow about Adette Johnson, sound artist, New Zealand, and they're both with us today. Hello. Hi. Hello. I'm still waving. Yeah. <laughs> Those sound waves. <laughs> I love that piece so much. It's such a rich exploration of your, your process. And this is something that I often don't feel like is explored enough, especially in Arty Party, and I always wish we could dig in so much deeper. So just listening to that, I've loved that. Thank you, both of you, for Thank existing, you. <laughs> <laughs> for coming together. Oh, fantastic. Oh, it's good to get praise, you know. Yeah, it is. It is occasionally, actually. Yeah, it is, actually. Yeah. I mean, most of the time I go, oh, yes, I'm not really bothered about it. I just create things just because I like to create things. But it is quite nice. It is nice and affirming to what you do when somebody turns around and says, 
you know, I'm really interested in your work. Will you chat to me about it? Or mm-hmm. I'm really interested in your work. Will you come on the radio show about it? And I'm going, ooh, okay. <laughs> this is new. This is new. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to hear about the process of making it and especially what you've taken away from it in your own creative disciplines. Oh, wow. For me, from this specifically, I wanted to develop my skills in more experimental and creative radio production. And I kind of thought, what better way to do it than go to somebody that makes art with sound and somebody whose creative production skills I admired and sort of take that on and make something involving that that could reflect that to sort of learn in that way. And I still feel like I've not... I wanted that to be a full representation of your audio creative process you in a way like there's nothing in that that isn't your music your voice everything is you in it that's why it's like this is Musealian I am Musealian that's Mm. what it says in it Mm. that's what it is nothing else in that is anything else and that's what I wanted it to be I wanted it to be very much a reflection of you and I've never actually heard from you like how much you think that is a reflection of you or not (laughs) <laughs> um, well, outside, of, I suppose, of the idea of doing a video or something and saying, well, mm-hmm. this is how I do this. I mean, I was chuffed to bits. That, one, that you actually even asked me to start with, because I'm quite reticent, as you know, to sort of come out and say, well, this is what I do. And I just put things out there. And if people are interested, fine. And if they're not interested, well, fine. I mean, that's the attitude I've had. I still have that attitude. But It is a strange thing to hear yourself for a start and it's a really strange thing to talk about yourself. I find it a really strange thing to talk about myself. I know you're the sort of person that's sort of got bits of information out of me that I would never have said to anybody else or I don't really discuss. You know, I don't really discuss about some of the sort of the problems I have, you know, health wise or anything like that, you know, because well, I just don't. Most people just don't. You just get on with it, don't you, and everything. But it made me think more about how art is so important to me, I think, and how vital it is for me to sort of do something. You know, it is a distraction and it is a way for me to sort of sometimes, dare I say, to sort of get through days. It does distract your mind from the other things that are going on and everything. Because you did two versions. You sent me like a shorter version. Yeah. Um, was like the sort of mini version of it and cut down version to start to see. And I really, really liked that, obviously, because mm-hmm. that was more this is how I am, this is what I am, etc. And it was more what I thought you might have produced, mm-hmm. not putting you down <laughs> in any way if you get me drift. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And then he said, well, I want to do a longer piece and everything because I've been listening to your work and everything. And I'm thinking, oh, OK, this could be interesting. This could go one way or another. And then you produced something for me that I thought, wow, this is this is actually me. This is actually me blebbing on about myself. And I actually sound quite interesting. You made me sound interesting, actually. You are very interesting. <laughs> you did that yourself. <laughs> I, I just thought, oh, that's great. And I loved the way that at first when I listened to it, the little things like changing my voice into some more sort of childlike. And at first that took me back. And I thought, oh, hang on. Oh, I'm not, I wasn't sure at first. But then the more I listened to it, I thought, no, actually, for what you're doing as radio art, that makes sense because it brought it out more. 
it brought it more out what I was saying. You can sort of listen to people talking and everything, and sometimes you just you get the gist of it, but you don't get the whole picture. But when you do other things to it, I suppose it is like sound anyway. For me, you know, when you sort of do more things to that sound, then that becomes something else, and it has greater meaning, or you can put greater meaning on it, and it makes it more interesting for the listener anyway than have. You know, two people just chatting on and everything, you know, which is great, which is what you it usually get, which is usually get on the radio. No disrespect, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, but because then, it takes so much time. Yes. Radio needs to have these fillers, yes. such as these longer form chats and mm. the, the music programs, yeah. because it, this kind of work is special and it needs to be treated as such within a wider context. Otherwise, there'd be no time to fill a whole schedule with this incredible stuff as much as we'd love that. There are a lot of people creating really fantastic, interesting radio art Mm -hmm. out there. There's a move forward. We should have a a radio station solely, specifically, 24 hours a day just for radio art. That would be fantastic. A week. Or a week even. That'd be interesting. Yes. Well, if Arty Party isn't behind that, yes. Well, this is why we mentioned it here and now. Because <laughs> we thought. <laughs> I'd really like to thank you both for joining me. Mm. I really would. It's been a pleasure to have conversation about audio, but also with two hugely interesting people. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you. For, for asking us. Yes, dear yeah, me. It's a pleasure to be we, here. We could have <laughs> talked for about another three or four hours easily. and Always. And I find that. And that's my thing when doing audio production. Mm. It's that, yes, as Lewis is talking about earlier, it mm. takes hours of conversations whittled down to the best moments. Mm. For instance, making the Radio 4 piece about Stephanie Smith last year, we had about 40 hours of recordings with various people. And I love it. I love that editing process. I love that cutting and that finding of those beautiful things. And in the same way, that, that's your work as well. It's finding those things that maybe you say aren't beautiful, but mm. making them so and using, the, using those found sounds and those recordings in such a way to just get us to slow down. Yes, yes. There is a thing, isn't there, of slow radio. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, basically... For me, it's, you know, if you get up really early enough and you listen to the birds, that's slow radio, isn't it? Even when you hear sort of old trucks going down the road, that's slow radio to me and everything. So to me, that's, that's sort of what I do. It's creating sound pictures and things. But it is a sort of internal radio for me that's constantly on. <laughs> and then I might do something with it later. <laughs> I love that description of it. It sounds brilliant. <laughs> I, wish, I wish that was in my documentary now. Oh, oh dear. Well, we just have to record it again. Have to just do another one, won't we? (laughs) Actually, I would like to ask what's next for you both, upcoming projects and things you're exploring. Gosh. Um, Well, for me, I am looking into being more of a sound production, documentary production, audio creation person. If anybody knows anything about any jobs out there anywhere please do get in touch if you really enjoyed my piece on museum that's the kind of thing i'm into and that's what i want to be doing give this man a job please (laughs) if i had a job to give him i would do it straight away (laughs) genuinely 
I mean, I, there's lots of stuff you can come do with me, Lewis. Absolutely. If you want just like Always. the occasional coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Always, Jay. Anytime. <laughs> but my, my role, my world within the arts it, and my world within audio production, a lot of it is about applying for bids. And so I know that I'm, I'm writing you into something, Adette. I'm writing you into something, Lewis. I'm hoping these things will happen. We'll see. Dot, 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 <laughs> question mark. It's yes, that kind of world. Always. Isn't it always? <laughs> <laughs> How about you? Because I know that you're working on a series of 12 soundscapes oh, about yes. mythical creatures. My mythical creatures. Yes, some of them are out there that you can hear some of them on SoundCloud at the moment. But I've created 12 imaginary creatures. Worm is the first one that was loosely based on the Lambton worm, but more than that, with all the artwork. And I'm doing that. And hopefully that will all be released Oh, at the end of the month. And after that, I've been doing a piece that I'm going to fall back on again, which is based on a poem that was written by a local poet, Ian Horn. Mm. He wrote a beautiful poem called Fish Dance, which is about Barnard Castle. And it was very, very visual and very sound for me. And it'll be seven pieces based on that. And that's the next thing I hope to release next spring. Maybe do some things with that. And other things to do with St. Bede I have in mind to do something with. And yes, I'm a self-starter. <laughs> we should mention, actually, we haven't already. Your website you can visit is yeah. uh, is called Musealian. Yes, just Musealian. You can put that in. It's on WordPress, but you can find it. Yes, I'm there. I'm on Bandcamp. I'm on the usual things that you find soundy people on. <laughs> and um, Lewis's work is available on, on Mixcloud. Mixcloud, yeah. I think it's under Has Radio. H-A-Z. <laughs> yeah. So uh, good luck finding that. <laughs> I'll, I'll share them from our accounts. And also, actually, I've started transcribing these episodes of Arty Party now, which takes, again, takes hours. So if you're interested in reading along or just reading without listening, then uh, you can find this on artyparty.com. That's Arty with a Y, Party with an I. Yay. Why I? Always get that the wrong way around. <laughs> Thank you both so much for being with me today. Thank you. Really it's been great. Love you both, genuinely. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's been so nice to see you again. Yeah, such a pleasure. <laughs> Everybody. I'm waving again. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> and I'll leave you with the sounds of Fugue for Octopi, another piece made by Musealian Adette Johnson. Arty Party is made possible thanks to support from the Arts Council England and the National Lottery Heritage Fund uh, through the Unlock Strand of Sunderland Culture's Great Place Scheme. And also our five generous Patreon backers who help make the show possible. They are Tell, Irby, Stephanie Smith, Laura Willis, Joe Howell and Nikki Kaur. More information about them also at artyparty.com. Arty with a Y, party with an I. Why I? <laughs>